back to another episode of Built from the Inside Out. Today I have with me Jennifer Sebasigari, chef and brand ambassador. Welcome and thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So um, I'm Jennifer Sebasigari. Um, I am a culinary chef by trade. Um, here in Houston, Texas. I'm also um, a brand ambassador, an activist. Um, I feel like I do a little bit of everything, but I don't like to brand myself like that because then people don't take me seriously. What do you mean by that? Because you don't want to be the Jill of all, all trade. Mm, okay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think um, a lot of people know me from um, being a brand ambassador okay. and a culinary chef and also an activist for uh, the refugee communities here in Houston. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my culinary career started when I was a little girl. I was about, I would say, probably like seven years old. Um, we were just moving back from, um, one part of, um, Africa that my parents and I were still living in Burundi and I didn't have any friends. So what I used to do is I used to take like little, um, like <laughs> I used to take actually like tomato cans and I would use it as a pot and then I would build a fire with charcoal oh, wow. and I you use my mom's crap from cooking and I'll cook for my Barbie dolls because oh, I didn't have any friends so that's where it oh. really it started okay and then when I went to the refugee camp was the first time that I ever made a meal um I was about 11 years old and then after that I just continued to cook with my mom so when I turned 25 I decided to go to culinary school at La Cordon Bleu um in Austin, graduated with honors. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's so funny because, you know, like when I was in school, I hated school, but in culinary school, like I was, I, I was, I was the girl. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you liked. I know. It, yeah. it was because it's my passion. So after that, I went to, um, I got an internship. It was like me and this other guy. We were the only two out of our culinary school that got one of the best internship was to go work for Walt Disney. So oh, I did wow. that. That was an amazing experience. Came back to Houston, worked mm -hmm. for an amazing chef, um, James Beer Beerman Award winner. It was the number one restaurant. We're not going to give any shout outs, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um and then afterwards, work for um, food truck manufacturing company. And then I started Janelle on the Go 365. And here we are. That is awesome. Yeah. So that's what you do now. You have your own business. Yeah. So I have a food um, service business. It's called Jenny on the Go 365. You know what, guys? One thing that I would say, do not name your company on the Go 365 because it's going to end up catching up to you like me. Why? I am on the Go Two hundred and sixty-five <laughs> days, and I'm like, why? <laughs> but but that's it, a good thing. It is a good thing, but sometimes mm -hmm. you just feel like I just need a day. Oh, yeah, I just need that one. You know, 
I can relate. Yeah, like it it's so crazy. So um speaking of what my company does, so we provide culinary services um so which include catering services, private chef services, um food media, okay. cooking classes. So anything in a culinary industry we can provide. I might have to take a cooking class from you. You should. They're so fun. I customize them um, just like how they taught me in culinary school. I use that same uh, rubric. Mm-hmm. And um, my cooking classes are six weeks, and you become a culinary pro. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Like I was telling you the other day, I meal prep, and it just gets so boring. It does. It does. And it's all about just using different techniques um you know it's not really about ingredients it's all about techniques so that's something that i've learned going to culinary school Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people say can you cook anything i'm like yes anything because it's all about just using proper techniques Mm. Mm -hmm. well i'll have to get with you yeah after this (laughs) (laughs) that'll be great yeah Okay, that's awesome. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And then you mentioned you're an activist for refugees. Yeah, so I moved here um, in 20, um, 2001. Well, is that even the right way to say it? 2001? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how we say like 2021? I'm yeah. like, wait, can you say 2001? <laughs> and, oh, man. Um, anyways, guys, English is not my first language, so just give me a break. <laughs> What is your first language? So my first language is French. I know several. Yeah. So I moved here in 2001 and Mm -hmm. um, I came here as a refugee. Um, I was, uh, my family and I fleed um, Congo, the war. It was due to the genocide of Rwanda and that that war just like annexed also into the Congo and other places in Africa as well. So... um, for those of us who don't know a lot about that, can you explain a little bit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a war between uh, two tribes. Okay. And yeah, millions and millions of people died. And that war really caused a lot of, a lot of turmoil to the countries that were um, surrounded. So, um, so, so surrounded the country, Rwanda. So it caused a lot of, you know, term oil in Congo, Burundi, Uganda. What so. were they fighting about? Um, to be honest, I until today, I feel like I there's so many they, there's so many things. Mm. So there's not really like one specific thing. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, you know, a, and I don't want to say something that I don't know. Okay. Or I'm not familiar about, but right. I know that all I know is, you know, the war was very brutal. Mm. And, you know, in Africa, I feel like people are always fighting for either power or money uh, or, you know, it's, yeah. it's always something like that. Okay. Land, you know. Mm-hmm. And you were living? I was living in Burundi Okay. with my family. And we had to uh, relocate in Goma. And... That was also super, super dangerous. So then we went to Kinshasa. And after Kinshasa, we had we came to um, Cameroon. To, okay. And then it was so amazing because it was because of the United Nations. That's why we were able to actually um, 
come here, they granted us 1,500 visa for Congolese vic- victims. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then they were just giving it to a certain people or yes. anyone who just applied or how did it work? So, they were giving it pretty much to um, anyone that that had, that was mistreated. And uh, my my father was getting kidnapped because of who he was and his looks and you know, um, so we were not in a safe place. It was a lot, like I say, it was a lot of term oil in, um, in Congo. By his looks, what do you mean? So, <laughs> like, was he attractive? Was it like skin color? Like, no. What, what so there's a um a certain look that a certain tribe looks like. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. So they would kidnap him. Yeah, like they were, so more than one time. Oh yeah, they've kidnapped him like thing like four times. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's very um, traumatic. You know, um, I I always remember those days. I think for me, those days really, um, you know, you don't ever want to put little kids in trauma like that. Right. And you know, a lot of people that vote for wars and stuff like that. Mm. No, it's not good yeah wars are so bad a lot of people um a lot of family gets get destroyed um a lot of mental illness forms Mm -hmm. um a lot of people let's not even talk about people that die yeah you know it's it's such a it's just such a i don't even know how it's such a tragedy because you know in today's world we feel like people want to be at war. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to be at war. Yeah. So it's just, it was super bad. And you were able to relocate with all of your family? Yeah, be, except one of my sister. Um, One of my sister, she was married, so she stayed with her husband. Yeah. Okay. Her husband didn't, you know, nothing was happening to him, so. Okay, so yeah. she was safe. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then coming here, what would you say was your biggest struggle? Um, Coming here, my biggest struggle was just like fitting in when I first moved here. And how old were you? I was 12. 12. So I didn't know how to speak English. Okay. So kids were rude. Um, You know, just learning like, first of all, just learning English. Yeah. <laughs> but I was so excited to be here. I was super, super excited to, to come because, you know, a few years back, it was just super bad. So it was mm-hmm. such a miracle being here. So, um, you know, it was learning English, um, really fitting in, fitting in with kids. Kids were so rude. You know, in, in middle school, they were not yeah. nice. Yeah. They would call you all kind of name, like African booty scratcher. You look like you're from Africa. <laughs> That is crazy. Oh. I was going to say, like, I can kind of relate a little bit on the language barrier just because I was born here, but my mom didn't speak English. So I only spoke Spanish my first few years of school. Mm -hmm. But there were also a lot of other Hispanics who were that way. So I feel like I had at least somewhat of a support system. Mm -hmm. But you, you were the only one, huh? Oh, yeah. And I had to go to, like, ESL classes. Oh my God, those were so hard. Yeah. Because when I was in ESL classes, I started learning how to speak Spanish. 
Really? Yeah. And my mom, and then I started watching like novellas. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And then my mom was like, oh no, you gotta go. You gotta get out of here. So, so then I started going to regular class. Uh-huh. That was just bad. Because kids would like pick on me. Yeah. So then I'll fight. Yeah. Okay. It was not good when I first moved here. But then after um, a year and a half, my parents uh, bought a home in the mm-hmm. suburb. So then I went to a, a, a different um, high school. Okay. And that was amazing. I went yeah. to Leander High School. Yeah. I moved to Leander. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's like in the Austin area. Okay. Mm-hmm. Suburbs so when, of okay. Austin. So when you first got here... Came here to the U.S. You went to Austin. Yeah, we okay. relocated in Austin. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And look at you now. You yeah. went through all that. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. Little old me. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, though. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love hearing stories of like people are like, you know, I went through everything, but I didn't let that get me down. Like, right. Look at me now. Right. I I love those stories. Oh yeah. You know, one thing that I would say is really. It's just having faith with um, God, it's really, really important, especially yeah. with um, with just everything that we go through as mm-hmm. women, as um, color, color women. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It can get really, really a lot at time. But, you know, your faith should always be super important and number one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So you went through bullying. Um I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just think, like, it's so, it's just so wrong. Yeah. I feel like it's just destroying this country. Do you feel like it gives people, like, a, infer- like a I think it's called infer- inferior syndrome, where it, like, makes them feel inferior for no reason? Um, because like, I think I, from, I'm still trying to fully understand what it is that they're teaching at schools, but from what it sounds like, it sounds like they're teaching them that everybody's racist. Yeah. No matter what, like yeah. automatically everybody's racist. So yeah. I feel like that puts like that in put, their head. That, that puts a complex. Right. Right. And can you imagine as a kid? Mm-hmm. Growing up thinking that, oh, Brianda would never like me because I'm black. Oh, um, or me thinking, oh, Brianda is racist because she's, she has blue eyes and she's Latin, you know, yeah. South American. I feel like that just stops them from so many opportunities. Absolutely. It's teaching you to become a victim. Right. You know? Yeah. And um, that is a, dangerous place to be in yeah because like as i was reading about it and Mm -hmm. watching videos i was like thinking back growing up in a small town it was a lot of hispanics and some of them had that mindset that you know if you're white you're racist you know Mm -hmm. and then when i went to college i went to texas tech and it was a lot of white people so in lubbock did you go there whenever it was dry No, no, I showed up the year after, I want to say. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was in dry when I showed up. <laughs> so oh. being around everyone, you know, that's when I realized, like, oh, not everyone is racist. And, you right. know, I, if I want to do something, I can. Like, nobody's stopping me. Right. 
And I feel like they're teaching the kids, like, they're setting, like, a limit to mm -hmm. what they can do by teaching them that everybody's right. racist. Absolutely. And it's destroying this country. Mm -hmm. um, it's destroying um, the youth. Mm -hmm. Is is destroying is destroying everything. Yeah, it's it's not a smart ideology that they are putting out out there, yeah. and it needs to be stopped. Do you think it also kind of makes them not be accountable for certain things? Like they can just blame race. No, because you know the the, the funny part about this is like you know a lot of people um, really look up to Dr. Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like I feel like as um as um minority we mm -hmm. all do you know right because he's like the father of unity or you know mm -hmm. but cri critical race theory destroy his ideas mm -hmm. so people that believe in his idea right mm -hmm. and believe in critical race theory i'm like so what do you, you you're 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 contradicting what you right. believe in because he said judge me by my character not by my skin absolutely color. and they're telling us to judge people by their color of their skin right no i don't ever so for me i don't judge people by the color of their skin because i have met sketchy white people I have met sketchy black people i have met sketchy mexicans i have met amazing white black mexican mm -hmm. or european or african you know what i mean like yeah. so i don't really judge someone by where they're from mm -hmm. you know it would be so ridiculous of me to judge um anyone by their skin color because i mean to be honest if we want to talk for instance africans you know Africans, it, you know, a lot of people just look at us like low value, you know, like we don't have manners or, you know what I'm saying? Mm. They always have this negative. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's not really talked about, but, you know, you okay. feel it. But if I judge every single African, like, oh, you're a scammer or you're this or, you know what I mean? Like, mm. or, oh because you're from this area you're this no you have to judge someone by their character and their right. morals their value mm -hmm. what they're showing you not by because you're darker you're victim mm -hmm. that's so crazy yeah and it kind of blows my mind a little bit that they're teaching that to the kids absolutely and there's people that are paying for that and there's um and there's people that are applauding all these things mm -hmm. that is just slowly destroying this country. It destroyed yeah. all the morals of this this country. Yeah, and people accept it so easily. Mm -hmm. Um, like everybody is a is a victim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I even had someone. Um, I had posted a, a I made a post last year mm -hmm. about YouTube censoring videos when mm -hmm. the election was going on, and mm -hmm. I was in the middle of watching a video from. I think it was a Venezuelan talking about the elections. Mm -hmm. Halfway through, this, this video is not available anymore. So I'm like, well, that's weird. I was like, why are they censoring? So, you know, I made a post talking about how we're being censored and how 
I grew up hearing how lucky we were to live in the U.S. where we weren't censored and mm-hmm. other countries were. And I was like, basically, like, what's going on? What's right. happening? Right. Well, people, a lot of Hispanics um, had seen that I was I'm more of like a conservative person. Right. And for some reason, that meant being racist oh, against Hispanics. Have they called you a white supremacist yet? They said, uh, <laughs> not a white supremacist, <laughs> no. But they have, uh, someone commented that it's Mexicans like me that keep other Mexicans down. And oh. I was like, I don't even know who you are. Like, first of all, how am I keeping you down? down. <laughs> and I was talking to a friend about it the other day, and I was like, how is someone going to say that when I'm, like, proof that you can literally come from nothing? Like, I'm showing this person you can come from nothing and make something of yourself. Absolutely. Are you going to tell me I'm keeping other Mexicans down? down? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the things they say. Uh, the have thing. you, have they told you anything like oh, that? Oh, my God. I've been called a white supremacist. Really? I was like, wait, last time I remember, I don't even think I was white. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's just a saying, but I'm like, I think... I think so highly of a lot of black people. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Most of my yeah. mentors are like black people. So I don't hate black people. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, um, a lot of them say that um, if I still had the ideas that I do, I would still be a refugee in a refugee camp. I would have never been in, in America. I would have been suffering in the camp. Um, I am so stupid. White people are using me. <laughs> I hear it all in my DMs. So really, I just chose to um, keep my comments to myself. And yeah. um, from now on, I'm just like, you know what? If you guys want to believe the bullshit, I'm gonna continue to elevate. Why y'all yeah. still think that <laughs> you get? It? Why you still think that? The victim mentality. Yeah. Hey, honey. <laughs> do, you? Fi- yeah. do you? <laughs> have fight to you over there. Yeah. I'm going to continue to elevate with my white supremacist <laughs> self. Because <laughs> it's just so insane. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It's like in the stuff they say, it's like, it it's doesn't like, even make makes sense. sense. Yeah. But- You're like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, and I and I've been called racist. I've been called, I've been called so many names. I've been called an idiot. I've been called. Um, and I feel like they these are privileged people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They um, it's it, it's. I mean, I've been called everything, but my thing is like, I love all people. Like mm-hmm. I work. I work with so many people. I work with all type of people. I don't only work with like, oh, you know, this type of people. You know, I do business with so many different, um, so many different people from so many walk of life. Like, for instance, when I did um, a give back with Independent Heights, that was so amazing. That's the number one, um, the first African-American incorporated city in the in the state of Texas, you know? So I'm like, how can you say that I'm this, but I'm doing all of these things for people. And you're very active. Yeah, you know, and I'm so active in the community. Mm -hmm. So it's just so my, but, you know, people that say things like that, they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything for the community. Mm -hmm. They're probably making money 
for themselves, but they're not they're not trying to help or yeah. you know mm-hmm. make an impact in yeah. the community. And I feel it's like people who are because I feel like you're the perfect example. Like you come from a different country, you didn't have the victim mentality. Mm-mm. You made something of yourself, right? And these people, some of them are like, "Oh, I'm such a such a victim," and they've never been through half the things you've been through. <sighs> never. Yeah. Never. You know, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, a lot of people ask me, what is your why? You know, and I always say my why is the the girl that was in the refugee camp. I want to help. I know that there's a lot of Ginny's out there. Yeah. And I want to bring a lot more Ginny stories out, you know? That's so awesome. Because um, a lot of kids suffer in the refugee camps and a lot of them... You know, I was so fortunate to only be there for a year and a half. There's people that have been there for like 10 years, oh, wow. 20 years. They have family, They, you know, and I want to be able to help those people and, you know, provide them any type of culinary services or work with the United Nations, anything that I can do to help. So when people say that, like the, all these horrible things that I hear on my DM, I'm just like, dude. You have not even done one. You, you don't even go to your local food bank mm. to do, yeah, to volunteer. You don't even go to Goodwills to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And so, I think that's why they say the things they do because they don't. They haven't been through something truly never. difficult enough for them to appreciate what they have. Oh, of course, you know. Yeah. And people want to victimize themselves all the time. I, mm. I, I just cannot. You know, yeah. I, I, I see the things that happen. I'm very aware. You know, mm-hmm. one person asked me in my DM one day, they were like, hey, Jenny, do you feel like racism still exists? And I say, absolutely. Um, yeah. we, we can't sit here and say that, oh, racism does not exist. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. But we can't just always think everything is racist, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or that something happened because somebody was racist. Right. And that that keeps us from being accountable. Absolutely. You have to take accountable. You have to be accountable to yourself. You have to... It's just... This country has just... I I don't know what happened. I don't know know where we're headed right now. (laughs) I know. It's like, man, it's just been like this. Like a roller coaster from Corona to now to whenever President Trump was in the office. It's just been a whole lot of up and down. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like we're going to have any type of stability with, um, you know, the government or anything like that anytime soon? I don't think. Well, so okay. So right now I'm following Cuba, right? Everything uh-huh. that's going on with them, right. and we. I've, I don't want to say we're headed in the same direction, but we're being censored now. They're trying to control us. Right. They're trying to sell socialism, free healthcare, free school. You get everything Cuba has, but look at where they're at now. And there's so many people that are for that. Like they don't understand. Like in exchange for that, you're giving up your freedom. And the more I see it, like, they just came out and said that uh, the government had paired up with Facebook to censor information on social media. And I'm like, why isn't anyone talking about this? Why isn't anyone mad about this? So I don't, that's why I said I don't know where we're headed. 
it's wow. it's a little scary if people it, don't wake up <laughs> right it's yeah. it's so scary because you know in africa man girl in africa you're not even allowed to like some countries pro mm. protest <laughs> right yeah yeah where like are you gonna go protest to your grave yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't even protest yeah. that is first time i've ever i feel like i've ever protested was here and i was like mm -hmm. you know my parents were like you going to protest oh no you cannot you know <laughs> and i was like mom yeah. we're in america there's freedom here we're gonna go protest she's <laughs> like Ginny, you do not protest i was like yes i do we're in america <laughs> because that just shows you how even my parents are so scared to protest because they know in africa the consequences yeah of protesting mm -hmm. so i mean you and don't want to take for granted the freedom that we have right now i know yeah. you know like yeah. it's like you don't ever you don't ever want the government to control you like that right ever yeah when they start controlling you like that it's yeah. over for everyone because it's gonna be like like other co communist countries yeah and i think the best way to manipulate people is through fear absolutely i which mean they're doing right now <laughs> we heard it on yeah. cnn <laughs> yeah that's true yeah they straight up told us they straight up told us fear yeah. is the way yeah. to control people yeah i wish more people died that is crazy. Can you believe those footage are out there like that? Yeah, I, I can. Because that's how some of those countries started. Cuba wasn't always a communist. Really? Yeah. Wow. See, yeah. I don't know the um, the background about Cuba. Yeah, I've been reading up on it, but I still need to do a lot of research. But I do know that they weren't always communist. And then, and it's crazy because when you're not in Cuba, you hear about all the things about it castro and how horrible he is and you know you would think that everybody in cuba hates him mm -hmm. but in reality there's people in cuba who were all about him and you're like how like how mm -hmm. and now you look at what's going on here in the u.s and you're like oh i get it okay i can see how they can brainwash people real quick right so it's a little scary yeah it really is mm -hmm. what will you escape where would I go? I don't even know. Where is there to go? I would have to do some research. What is the happiest country in the world? <laughs> and go there. Do they exist? <laughs> I think I've researched this before. I forgot what country it was, but it's like, you know, supposedly they're It's probably like one of those, like, Scandinavian countries. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I might go there. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but we'll see. No, but I actually, going back to what you were saying earlier about being so active in your community and mm -hmm. helping other people and wanting more Jenny stories. Um, right. I did a podcast with a pastor, Pastor mm -hmm. Rod, and we're talking about finding your purpose. Right. And basically what he said was, like, take what you've been through and turn around and help someone who's going through the same thing. Right. And he's like, that's your purpose. Oh, wow. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So it reminded me right now when you said that. Oh, wow. But you're living your purpose. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Take what you've been through and then learn somebody. I mean, and find someone that is going through the through same, through thing, the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It really yeah. is living your purpose. Yeah. Wow. So that you can be like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
so you can be like a mentor to them. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. And then um, we were watching church the other day Mm because sometimes we watch it from home. And the pastor was talking about finding your one. And he was like, you can't change the whole world. He was like, but find your one person. He was like, and focus on that one person and you'll make a difference. Absolutely. I de- yeah. that's, that's so true because you can't change the wor- whole world. Right. But if you can impact someone's life, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And if you can impact two, three, four, even better. And even better <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because what what's really life if you're just living for yourself? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're not as happy Mm-mm. than when you're actually making a difference in someone's life. Right. Yeah. Wow. So tell me a little bit about your gala. Is it gala or gala? How do you say it? <laughs> <laughs> I never know how to pronounce it. Okay, so I always say that if you're classy, okay. you say gala. Okay. If you're just like... Uh, you say gala. <laughs> okay. I want to be classy, so we'll say gala. Because yeah. that's what I, I kind of like, <laughs> kind of gather, okay. like all the like older stuck up women, you know, <laughs> that go to so many galas. They're like, oh yeah, I went to this gala. I'm like, oh okay, because I used to say gala. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm having a gala. They're like, oh dear, a gala, a gala. I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> so I didn't know. I didn't know because in Spanish, it's, in Spanish it's gala. So I'm like, it's a, then I kept hearing both. So I was like, which one is it? It's okay. Gala. It's whichever. Okay. You want it to be. <laughs> We'll call it gala. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Emerge Gala is um, a gala that we're going to be doing every year um, to recognize refugees and educate the public about other refugee organizations. We're going to be awarding also um, refugee services nonprofit organizations as well. Okay. So every year we do a huge fundraiser on World Refugee Day, which is June twentieth. Okay. We were so lucky this year that it was our first gala, mm-hmm. and the mayor of Houston gave us a day. I was so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was so so excited because man, planning a gala was. Oh man. If you ever, have you ever planned an event, like a big event? No, I've been part of events, okay. and I know it's a lot, but I've never actually planned one myself. Man, planning a gala was the biggest, the most difficult task I've ever, ever, ever had to do in my whole entire life. I literally felt like... You have to be super organized, don't you? Not even super organized. Mm-hmm. There's so many moving pieces Mm -hmm. and it's so stressful and it takes your whole life for um, those 20 or 30 days or 60 days that you're doing. So you really don't have anything to do. I tried to cancel it like four times. Really? Yeah, but it was like God wanted me to do it. Yeah. And the last time that I tried to cancel it, the day before I was going to tell my team, I listened to a sermon. Uh-huh. from B- Bishop T.D. Jakes, and mm-hmm. literally, it was like God speaking to me to really? do that sermon. And I was like, okay, emerge is <laughs> happening. So I literally, like, stopped worrying about it. Mm-hmm. I stopped stressing, and I was like, it's happening. Yeah. So, 
you know, it was my first one. I learned so much. My team was incredible. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit, I'm like such a diva. So sometimes like I wanted to do things my way. <laughs> but, you know, you live and you learn. And um, it it was such a beautiful event. I was so proud of um, everyone that came out, you know, that came to support all of my sponsors were so amazing. All of my friends that came, um, my parents were there. That's awesome. It was amazing. It was such a, it was very intimate. It was um, a very, very cool event. I loved it. I bet they're so proud of you. You know what? My my parents are those parents that would tell you, oh, yeah, you did well. <laughs> like, and you just never know. You're like, wait, so are you proud or not? <laughs> I can relate. My mom didn't tell me she was proud of me until recently, probably. <laughs> so I know. I know the feeling. Yeah. You know, I'm I think, sure they're proud. I know they are. They, I, they won't tell you, but they are. I hope so. You know, foreign parents are always like that. Yeah. They, they would just be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like casually. <laughs> and you're like, wait, is it like cool, cool? <laughs> that's funny. So, but, yeah. Sometimes that happens. Like when you're about to do something really good, we have all these obstacles. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, we had to change venues. Oh, wow. Man, we had to change venue two weeks before. Actually, no, it was three days before, four four days before the event, we had to change venue. We we finalized on our venue. That sounds a little bit stressing. It was so stressful because two weeks before the event, I was like, all right, we got to change venue. No. And and it was on Father's Day. So, so many of my guests was like, hey, you know, last year I didn't do anything for Father's Day. It was the pandemic. So, um, I'm going to go fly out to see my dad or I'm going to hang out with my dad. Yeah. And I wanted to do it on World Refugee Day because it was so important to me right. to me to do it on that day. Yeah. Um. So, man, but I'm so glad that uh, we were able to do it. Ivory was a host. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> we had a live auction. Um. We had a lot of amazing artists that did a silent auction. We had uh, vendors, and then we had a gala dinner. Uh, proclamation it was great we all we honored uh, planted for the, the the farm here in Houston it was the 10 year anniversary and they work with um, refugees farmer most of them from Congo where I'm from oh, wow. and we also cool. um, honor the United Nations so awesome. next year it's gonna be bigger amazing I'm already starting to plan looking yes. for sponsors yes. and venues and all that so it's gonna be great yeah i feel like now that you've been through it you're like all right i need to start with more time yes yes because you know a lot of brands they want they want to know what they're gonna sponsor before the end of the year so you have to start like a year before so that's something that i had to learn okay while i was sending sponsorship decks to like Mm -hmm. hundreds of people they're like oh we have closed our sponsorship deck application for the past nine months. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm late. <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah. So 
Okay. I'm excited. You have to come next year. Yeah, I want to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love for you to. Yeah. Perhaps we can do something. We can do some live, from live streaming. Yeah. Whatever you need. Yes. Yeah. That would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So let me make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So one last question. So okay. we have up here your Instagram. Right. And anyone who wants to go follow, it's under Jennifer Sebasigari. Did I say yeah. right? Okay. Sebasigari. Sebasigari. <laughs> Which uh, is spelled Jennifer, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R. And my um, last name is S as in Sam, E as in Evelyn, B as in boy, A as in apple, S as in Sam, I as in Ian, G as in Gary, A as in apple. R as in Robert and I as in Ian. That's my um, long Instagram name. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's long too. It's just my uh, name. Yeah, mine too. It's just my name. Yeah. So how did you get your following? Man, great questions. Um, so, you know, when Instagram merged to with um, Android, I used to have an Android phone. Okay. I remember everyone on Twitter always would take pictures from Instagram and post them on Twitter. Okay. And they only it was only a filter app that they would use on Twitter and it was only available on iPhone. So in twenty ten, I believe, that's whenever they merged with um Android. Okay. And I remember, girl, I remember that day. I was heading to Miami and I was like, oh my God, now I can get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I created an account and I just started taking pictures of myself. Mm-hmm. That's literally how I grew my account. Yeah. I just started taking pictures of myself and I was like, oh, I got 30 likes. Okay. <laughs> Let me take another high picture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got 200 likes. Let me take another high picture. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew my account by literally just taking lifestyle photos of myself. Okay. Um, which some of them were a little bit too sexy <laughs> that we're not doing anymore. <laughs> and then once I grew it past like 140, 150,000 followers, I was in culinary school and I started to figure out, I'm like, man, this is just whack. Just mm-hmm. taking high pictures of yourself is not what's up. Like I need to start monetizing my social media. <laughs> So I didn't know how to convert it from hot social media to like (laughs) food pictures. So I started incorporating food pictures here and there, going to restaurants, taking pictures. And then the beginning of 2019, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm just going to delete all these hot photos and I'm just going to rebrand it and to make it into a food page i lost almost like fifty thousand followers really yeah because all those people were there to like see hot photos and now it became like food a hundred percent with clothes on (laughs) there was not that many bikini photos (laughs) the hot summers were gone The only thing that was hard with the mac and cheese. They were like, what? Oh, no, you got to go. So I started just branding myself as a chef and doing more culinary content and adding, you know, here and there pictures of myself. And I really grew it to where it is now. 
awesome. which you know i still lose and gain so because mm-hmm. you know my base was just like pictures of me so most mm-hmm. of my base followers love my individual contact okay so i used to get more likes when mm-hmm. i took my sexy pictures right, than i have now yeah. i used to get like twenty thousand likes of course. Of course. <laughs> and i was like wait why am i only getting three thousand now it's like it's okay but those three thousand are actual real fans yeah. that will buy from me <laughs> yeah and that i think that's important to like tell like for gr- especially younger girls out there right like, like when you're posting those sexy pictures, like what are you really doing? Like what are you really getting out of it? Who's nothing. your target audience? Yeah, nothing. You know, yeah. and I like I said, you know, I had to sit down and to really think and say, what's important? Right. Because it was just it became like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Because I was just taking hot photos, but not really monetize it like I I'm doing right now. Yeah. So. And I've, yeah, if you look at it now, I don't know if we can scroll, but it's like, it, it looks like, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Like you have food. Hey, there's me. Yeah, there's you. There's us. I yeah. know, 4th of July. That was so fun. Yeah, it was. You have food pictures. You have um, flyers of the things you're doing. Right. So I can go on your page and I'm like. I can be like, oh, wow, she does this, she does that. Like, right. And it's that, not just like, oh, it's another girl in a bikini. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, I, I told myself, I was like, you know, every summer I just want one bikini photo for photo life. <laughs> that's it. I don't need to have like 95 bikini photos because that was me. Summer started in January. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as it got hot. <laughs> as soon as it got hot the hot summer Mm -hmm. photo started yeah it was from january to like november (laughs) when it actually gets cold in texas but you were getting the likes you were getting the attention yeah but you know that attention doesn't do anything i i love my page now you know i feel like i can go to anyone you know Mm -hmm. We can go to Dan Crenshaw's and they'll be like, oh, what is your page? I won't be like, oh, my God, am I embarrassed? Is Dan yeah. Crenshaw, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm at this event. I can't show my Instagram because they'll be like, whoa. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's important because if you're trying to do something and your Instagram, sometimes it plays a big role on Absolutely. people's careers. So make sure that your Instagram is like. It's clean. Like it's something you're proud of to right. show anyone. And also, yeah. it's something that you can, if you can, you know, this is my rule now. Mm-hmm. If my dad, can I see it? That's my rule, too. Yes. Really? Yes. I'm like, if I have my brother on here. I have my cousins. I have my uncles. Do I want them seeing me like this? No, I yes. don't. <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah. my new rule. Yeah. If I can show it to my dad, then it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's not my dad. It's my mom. And my right. mom's super strict and religious. Really? So some things so I'm my like, mom. Uh, yeah, some things I'm like, I don't know, but I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's where I kind of draw the line. I'm like, I know my mom's on here. Right. Am I going to get a text? <laughs> once right. <I> oh, <laughs> wow. You know what? It's so funny that you said that because when I used to take hot pictures, mm-hmm. one day my dad, I was in culinary school and my mom told him that. I don't even know what my mom told him. Anyways, he came to my room and he was like, people in Africa are talking about your pictures. I was like, oh, God. 
And I was like, Dad, they're not. He was like, they are ridiculous photos. Da, da, da. I was like, Dad, they're not even that bad. <laughs> You're like, I said, and, <laughs> Yeah. And I remember I was so embarrassed. And he was like, your mom tried to show it to me. I told her no. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So you definitely don't ever want to have those conversations with your yeah your parents where they're like, uh, are you going to, like, put some clothes on? <laughs> Man. No, but I, I like it now. And, and you even got more of a following now. I got more of a following, but I lost a lot. I could have been, like, way... I could have been past half a million by now yeah. if I continue. But I love my Instagram, and I love how slow it's growing. I am not in a rush of anything, right. you know. Yeah. It's, like, I feel like you feel better about yourself. Like absolutely. It, yeah. You know, those photos really, really mess up with your self-esteem when you mm -hmm. take those photos because... You just look at yourself, you're like, no one will ever marry me. I'm going to be a sex object for the mm -hmm. rest of my life. No man is ever going to take... Because, you know, most men are not taking those girls seriously. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we, we want to sit here and be like, oh, she's a hater. Girl, I was that girl. They're not taking you seriously at all. Yeah. The, yeah. No man that wants their girlfriend or future wife to be half naked on social media right. plastering their body mm -hmm. like i agree that's just not it anymore yeah. it used to be it but yeah because yeah, i remember when instagram first like blew up that's what girls were doing just yeah half naked and they were growing super fast absolutely and man was like oh yeah my girlfriend yeah. is like but then it became like no yeah. You know, men started being like, this is whack. Yeah. You know, a lot of men, like a respect, a respect, respectable, yeah. high value man does not want exactly a, their, their girlfriend to be in a thong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing her whole ass yeah. on Instagram. Or they're like, why don't I find a good man? Right. It's like, you gotta cut. And you know, there was some of my friends that would, I remember one of my girlfriends was like, girl, when are you gonna stop? Really? <laughs> you gotta cover up, Jennifer. <laughs> and I used to tell her, oh my God, no, I'll be fine. And she was like, are you sure? But you know, my girlfriends are so sweet. Like they loved me for who I was. Mm -hmm. And you know, the ones that, you know, stuck around throughout all the, all those times are still like, girl, I am so glad you don't take those pictures. Cause I was like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> and you know, they would tell me, they're like, Jenny, you, this is not going to work out for you forever. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. They were just looking out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember one of my girlfriend told me was like, was like, I mean, if you want to get married and you want to really have a real relationship, those pictures have to go. Yeah. She pl flat out told me that. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a hater. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Because it's just. So like there are some men that will marry a girl like that, but. Where are they at? Well, I was going to say, maybe they're not. <laughs> Are they? Let, let me not talk bad about anyone, but, you know, maybe yeah. it's not like what, like you said, high value men. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I personally never seen that. 
yeah. unless they're like rappers, you know. Yeah. And this is what they do, but not like just every day because yeah. you know men are starting to get smart too. Yeah. <laughs> men are starting to get smart. They like nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I try to be careful too what I post, especially uh, because of pageantry. I feel right. like that helped me a lot because I knew I couldn't post certain things. Right. Or else I feel like I might have been like, you know what? All these girls are getting all these likes. Let me do that too. I would post bikini pictures. Mm-hmm. But I never did lingerie, implied nude, nothing nothing crazy like that. That's amazing because you know what? That also, it's so hard. I remember um, I was reading an article that um, I think Myrtle Inch came up with and they were talking about I don't know. No, no, that's not that article. I think it was a, it was on um, Bloomer Report or something like that. Okay. They were talking about um, like all of these pictures and how much it costs. Like a lot of women, like w- women like me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I figure out, I'm like, oh, is 2021. I do not want to be hot on the internet anymore. I don't want anybody to, like, Google me and find all these cute hot photos, <laughs> which if they do, whatever. I'm I'm proud of who I am and what I've become is part of my story. Yeah. But there's a lot of women that are ashamed of that. Mm. So they pay a lot of money to, um, to yeah. delete those yeah. photos, and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars oh wow can you imagine like you're trying to run for something and then they'll pull like one nude Mm -hmm. photo of you like how they did melania yeah you know what i mean like that's that's why it's so that's why i always tell you know younger girls um instagram is so fun use it as your advantage you're young you can make a lot of money you can make connection Mm -hmm. but just don't lose yourself for social media don't devalue yourself for social media yeah don't show your half naked body on Mm -hmm. social media always be classy yeah because i had people telling me you need to just post sexier pictures for your followers to grow really first of all because i had a career you know Mm -hmm. i had like a job right so i'm like i can't i'm like because one my job i was like but most importantly like that's not me mm-hmm. like i don't i wouldn't feel comfortable having those pictures out there right yeah but people will tell you like well you want more followers you know takes care of yeah. yeah but it's 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 hard yeah and also it ta- it, it kind of takes a little bit of you out you know a little bit of yourself because you know you wake up every morning and you have all these strange people mm that are commenting and liking and And boosting your mm -hmm. ego in the comments and it's never fulfilling because you're like i just want him you know whoever that him in is to you right and sometimes that him does not want you Mm -hmm. you know yeah sometimes that him is just like yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's it also it yeah, I feel like it keeps keeps you from a growing. lot of opportunities too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the one thing that would annoy me would be like guys commenting inappropriate things. Oh my god. And I'll be like, but, well, if I posted a bikini picture, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of giving him a reason. Not really, <laughs> but I'm like, let me cover up because mm, 
Right. I don't, I don't like those kind of messages. That's annoying. And I don't want to say I had something to do with that or right. you know, I gave him a reason or whatever. Right. And, you know, also, last but not least, it's also just like our Christian values, right? Right. You know, when I started really um, putting my faith into God and rededicating my life to God, mm -hmm. I was like, God does not want me to be out here with half-naked pictures talking mm -hmm. about hallelujah, amen. <laughs> 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 like, your body's your temple. Like, <laughs> people be like, where's God when you're taking all these photos? <laughs> As God I, is nowhere to be found yeah. there. <laughs> I saw someone share. It was a post, and it was a girl. It was, like, literally her butt in a thong. Uh -huh. It was, like, a Bible verse under, like, as a caption. <laughs> and they're like, what is she doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, once I started feeling, like, so, like, my conscience just did not sit well. Yeah. When I would look at the pictures and I'd be like, oh, God, no. God is nowhere <laughs> to be found in those pictures. <laughs> oh, man. No, but yeah. So if they want to follow you, they can go to Jennifer Sabasigari. Probably won't find Hot Girl Summer pictures. But <laughs> no, you would not. <laughs> I don't do high girl summer. <laughs> I'm not a high girl anymore. You are though. <laughs> not that you, type you, of you high just girl. Don't, yeah, you just don't post those kind of pictures. <laughs> it's still hot though. You just don't post. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, is there anything else you would like to add? Well, just go on my Instagram and um, follow me. I'm wearing Shop Rose Gold, which I love. I this love is it. so cute. cute. It's like she has like all type of amazing um, business casual and business clothes. So okay. I will be speaking at her event. Brianna, you coming with me. Okay. And also my beautiful hair from Fancy Hair Boutique here in Houston. If you're a girl, you want sheer weave, your wig, <laughs> your whatever, clip it. She has it all. Um, another thing that I want to add. Also, I will be speaking at a um, summit. Um, here in Houston also, it's going to be amazing. It's, uh, the first weekend of August. The tickets are, I'm going to post a link on my bio. Okay. So come out. Um, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be a lot of celebrities, um, a lot of African governor official, U.S. government officials, okay. um, you know, it's just going to be a vibe. So mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. And my TED Talk is going to be coming out in the fall. So I am super excited about that because I remember when I started watching TED Talk and I used to be like, oh, I'm going to be on TED one day. <laughs> and then I just send them a video of my story and they love this. So now we're going to do, um, I'm going to be a speaker in the um during um october during autumn so my talk okay. will be out then so look out for that what else um emerge events uh 2022 so i am starting to look for a team so you know if you want to be part of this amazing amazing event to give back to refugees contact us at emerge event 2021 at gmail.com and follow me, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Mwah.
So thank you. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, this was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wait, tell me a little bit about your product. Oh, okay. So we have the collagen right now. Right. Soldado the Immune Booster. Uh, and then we have a pre-workout coming out as well. Wow. Yeah. So right now all we have in stock is the collagen. And I get asked a lot, is it also for men? The answer is yes. Okay. So all of us have collagen in us. And wow. it's good for hair, skin, nails, joints. Mm-hmm. Um, especially people who have been injured before. Really? It helps them too. Yeah. What is your, the vision behind the brand? So the vision was that I wanted to come out with my own supplements, mm-hmm. but I wanted them to be healthy. Right. Because you're, when you're out there in the fitness industry, you see mm-hmm. a lot of unhealthy things. Right. That people push. Right. And they make you look good, but they're not always the healthiest. Oh, so I okay. wanted something that is going to help you look the way you want to look. Right. But it's also good for your health. Awesome. And that's why it's called Built From the Inside Out. Wow. Yeah. Built From the Inside Out. Yeah. And that's I- where I got the name for them. For the really? podcast, because I was like, it's not just physical health, it's, it's also mental, mental spiritual. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So where can we find it? So this you can find at www.bcnsubs.com. Woo. <laughs> I'm so excited to try it. Yeah. I can't wait for you to start using it. You can put it in all your drinks. It's unflavored. Uh-huh. But coffee, tea, smoothies. You can even put in your baked goods, pancakes. Water. Literally Water. Yeah. It's so how would I see like the result? Well, so what I've personally seen is mm-hmm. my nails grow a lot faster. Mm-hmm. My hair has been growing a lot faster mm-hmm. and my skin has cleared up. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I've never been injured. So I, you know, that part I haven't really okay. had an experience with, but that's mainly what I see. And awesome. you know, I'm all about beauty inside and out. Right. I'm like whatever keeps me young, you know. Yes. I want to <laughs> yeah. look. I want to look young forever, but I know it's not going to happen. But you know what? That's why we have workout, Botox. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Drink your water. (laughs) And water. (laughs) Have you seen that TikTok? Well, it's in Spanish, so probably not. It's like this filter where, like, the girl looks, like, super botched, I guess, just plastic. (laughs) And she's like, I know how you girls are going to start asking me what I did. She's like, but I didn't do anything. I just drank a lot of water. (laughs) She's like, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah, stay hydrated. (laughs) Hydrate those Botox. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we're out of time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. (laughs)